0: Throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections, from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Dr. Jan Hill. It's time to listen and learn.
1: Hi and welcome to another episode of Things Worth Considering. I am Gordon Dell, and I am here with your co-host, Dr. Jan Hill. Howdy, hey, Jan.
2: Howdy, howdy, howdy.
1: Can you believe it's Christmas week?
2: No. Oh, can no, you I scream can't. that louder? I know, right? Like <laughs> it's like, just, I just crazy. I know. What where happened did, to this where year? Where did he go? Uh,
1: you know, my mom used to say, like in July. Okay, finally got all the Christmas stuff away. Wow! In August, she was like, "Oh my God, we're bringing it all out again." <laughs>
2: <laughs> At least she had a couple weeks without it.
1: That's about it. That's yeah. about it. She says that it just seems like you put it away and it's coming back out again. Yeah. Uh, needless to say, my mom loves to decorate. It Seems uh, like it goes
2: faster and faster every year, though.
1: Well, that's you, you know, of- people people who are a little older than we are have said that hmm. that as we we uh, get up in years, that actually. Time does seem to go faster and faster, hmm. Hmm. I'm not sure that's a great idea.
2: well, I, I thought it would never
1: end in grade one,
2: yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Whens Santa coming
2: except, except when it was summer and, and then exactly. it ended all too soon, yeah,
1: yes, how hmm. true.
2: I understand that they're saying that the world is actually turning a little bit faster. Every well there year, has so been some fact,
1: stuff I've read about that yeah. you know the time itself is actually like just it's minute hmm. in terms of measurement, but it, it seems to be that somehow yeah. or other we're picking up on that mm-hmm. because we're not the only ones that are saying, mm-hmm. what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's now getting faster of and getting,
2: faster. Instead of getting eight hours of sleep, we just need seven hours and 59 minutes and 56 seconds, seconds. <laughs> every night. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's about it too. Mm-hmm. Eight hours. Are you kidding me? I shouldn't I be so lucky. I know. Well, maybe when I retire. Yeah, that's going (laughs) to happen. So uh, it's also Hanukkah. Mm -hmm. Hanukkah starts on the 22nd. Mm -hmm. um, And... um, It will be, um, uh, and we're also a few weeks after Diwali as well, the Hindu festival. You know, all of them are about the light. Beautiful. They're all about, um, uh, you know, whether it's Diwali or or, uh, uh, Hanukkah, Christmas, it's in some way symbolic of light coming into the world Mm -hmm. and overriding darkness. Mm -hmm. And we should be so lucky to make these things happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you have any special traditions you look forward to?
2: Um, well, you know, I don't have kids, so I think that the whole Christmas thing at my own personal house space never really fully developed the way that it would have if I would had kids around there.
1: Ooh, sure, um, sure. But, I uh, forgot to have children, too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oops. It
2: slipped my mind. <laughs> <Oops>. Oh, well.
1: <laughs> maybe next time around.
2: <laughs> but I do we'll remember, talk. my dad <laughs> used to do this thing every year, and uh, he, maybe I mentioned this to you before when we were, before we were recording, but he would, um every year he'd be going on about how he's going to get all these great things from Santa and he'd go downstairs, he'd get a giant box, like a refrigerator box and he'd haul it up and he'd put it beside the tree and the big sign that says Santa put all stuff here, blah, blah, blah. And then we'd go to bed and we'd be like, dad, you're so selfish and greedy. And then uh, (laughs) in the morning we'd get up, and we'd all have like our little stocking with an orange in the toe and like little candy canes hanging over the top and little things inside. And he would have this big box filled with rubber boots from the basement. It was really? Great. Yeah. <laughs> every year. It was great. And you fell for it every year? Every year we'd go, ha, ha.
1: What about when you were 40?
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, my brother. I understand. My older brother did this as well with his kids for years.
1: Really? Yeah, yeah. Really. It was really fun. Do you know the orange thing is actually an Asian? Uh, is it? My friend who's Chinese uh, told me that uh, that's that's a real tradition. is to not. To give an orange, it's a huh. very very solid good luck thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't I know just that. thought. It- I Almost thought stuff, it was. That's all that
2: was left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was like probably related to the depression and stuff like that. We're getting an orange, having fresh fruit or something like that would be like a pretty amazing thing to find in your stocking.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's th- a very old Chinese tradition. I didn't I'm, know that. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So what about special memories other than – The box uh, of boots? The box of boots. (laughs) Uh,
2: No, I just remember we always had a dog that seemed to do something really bad, like, you know, (laughs) rip open the presents or eat the turkey or swallow too much tinsel or something really horrible. uh, Yeah, we were big dog families, you know, right? So, yeah, there was always some bad thing that the dog did. Or there was always some cousin who, you know, stuck their tongue to the bridge metal thing, you know, while we were tobogganing or something.
1: We love Canada, <laughs> <I> know, <man. laughs> the Great White North, but only I for know. a couple of weeks. I know. It's, um, yeah. You know when you talk about animals, I I uh, remember I'm having this memory of um, <laughs> we had a big cat oh, yeah. uh, whose whose name was Ginger. Okay. And Ginger decided to climb up the tree.
2: Uh-huh. It
1: was not anchored to the wall, Oops. and all of a sudden, this whole thing just went crashing yeah, down, yeah. and there was like everything was breaking, and and so on. The poor cat was like practically in in cardiac arrest uh, from everyone's reaction. She yeah. wrote the tree down just fine. <laughs> <laughs> It was everyone else's reaction yeah. to uh, to what was taking place. Yeah, know? that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, my parents. My parents went all out. I think I, I mentioned before about my dad setting up one Christmas the railroad uh, the railway system that he bought me. You know, the the, yeah. fake, the fake train and everything, and, and walking in uh, in the early morning hours and it was still dark and they had been up all night setting this thing up for my dad to play with.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> my dad, yeah. Dad, can I yeah. play with this? <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: since then, I brought it to for me. Uh, but, yeah, that was a real special memory because when I walked in, it was, you know, I'm only five. I mean, yeah. I really have, the, the whole room is just in Christmas lights. and this sort of this pinky, greeny light yeah. kind of thing that I really recall. It was very gentle, soft lighting. And here was this, you know, as it goes around the, the whole living room and dining room. It was pretty awesome. That's uh,
2: magical, eh? Yeah, that was
1: yeah. that was, was truly magical. It really yeah. was. Um, you know, I wish they were still around so they could come over and do something for me this year. But, I
2: know. Uh, <laughs> I heard hot rods in can come back
1: they're making a huge comeback yeah yeah they cool I got I got some nieces and nephews that are sort of in line for those things <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> here's the antique hot rod.
1: but you know what this is a very stressful time for people too it
2: totally is
1: yeah, yeah. So whether it's Hanukkah or whether yep. it's Christmas it's a very very stressful time there's just there's so many expectations
2: mm-hmm. of others yep
1: uh, of ourselves. yep our finances yep trying to get it all fit in yeah uh, socializing you know yeah. I just—I have a tendency to do saying I'll get together with you in January uh-huh. because I just can't fit it all in. It's just, it's too, it just becomes too stressful, yeah. and I don't enjoy it. Yeah. But I'd rather have a much quieter time. And yeah. I can wait for the gifts and exchanging gifts with my friends. Uh, uh, the only thing I do actually do do is with my family, of course, because there's children involved. Right. And where we are back at children. Yeah. And grandchildren now. Not mm-hmm. my grandchildren. Uh, they're my brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the financial strain and, and so on is also something that really people really overspend.
2: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, they do.
1: The average the average uh, Canadian will spend approximately eight hundred dollars. Oh wow! According to Stats Canada, on wow. uh, on just Christmas Day. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of money on just
2: Christmas Day.
1: Just Christmas Day. So does yes. that
2: include? Oh, that's gifts. Okay, so okay. And probably food. Does it include all the bottles of wine that you haul around to your friends?
1: Well, no, no, unless you're doing it all on one day. Okay. No, <laughs> <laughs> Christmas Day, which could be. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're really lucky. Um, no, that's sort of the, the gifts and uh, food and, and you know, wine and everything, yeah. but specifically around that one day.
2: Huh. What's your take on the artificial versus real tree debate?
1: Well, you know, I, I mean, I've always really loved a real tree growing up mm-hmm. with a real tree, as long as it's from a farm where it's being replaced properly yeah. and so on. But is they're really messy
2: mm-hmm.
1: if they're not properly treated and so on? You know, here at the school, unfortunately, we use artificial, but part of that's a fire the fire code thing. Yeah. You know, and some of them actually are looking pretty awesome, what they're able to come up with now.
2: That's pretty you amazing. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, it's like some of the fake flowers that are out there, uh, like the ones that are actually very close to you, that people come in and touch them because they think they are real. Yeah,
2: and try to eat them. Or, <laughs> right? And then they go, wait, this is just plastic.
1: You know, eating Christmas trees <laughs> is really awful. It gets, yeah. you know, those needles get up in your teeth. Yeah, yeah.
2: Exactly. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah.
1: But, you know, throughout the, you know, the whole Christian holiday, it's supposed to be about the birth of Christ. And, uh well, I'm not sure that we're still hanging on to that idea. Uh, yes. It seems to be more about the arrival of Santa Claus, uh, uh, and that's not a birth. <laughs> He's <No>. old, uh, <laughs> than it is about the, the baby Jesus, as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christmas as we know it, actually, is pretty new.
2: Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. I don't know anything about that. Really? Nothing. Pretty much nothing.
1: I can go on and on.
2: Yeah, I'm interested. <laughs> I'm interested. Okay, Teach me. I'm just me.
1: going to the bathroom. I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> but,
2: um,
1: you know, well... You know, when, uh, we don't really know when Jesus was actually born, which is really interesting because there's nowhere in the Gospels, uh, in the New Testament, as it's called, um, that they say anything about when he was actually born. There's no birth date Mm. and there's no year. We've assumed because we moved from before Christ, the before the common era, the mm-hmm. BCE, to the CE or AD as we know it, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, it's more politically correct as the common, the common era, era. Yeah. Uh, is like basically year one. So that sort of, it starts, it starts with his birth, technically. Right. Right. However, there was a monk uh, that did a, a lot of calculating on this. And one of the things that, is, that we do know is, is that it's spoken about a lot, is that when Herod was reigning, mm-hmm. okay, he was the king. Right. Um, and Jesus had to go before Herod. So we know that Herod actually died before 1 AD. In fact, he died four years before that.
2: Oh, Okay.
1: Okay. So that puts us into a wholly uh, quite a different place because huh. of Herod uh, also decreed the, the the movement around of uh, doing a census and so on. So the what what they came up with was, in fact, he was actually born in approximately three BC. Jesus. Jesus. Okay. Oh, Jesus, yes. Yes, Jesus.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> was, was 3 we're BC, born. not 1 AD, as we often Okay, think.
2: very interesting. Otherwise,
1: it, it doesn't match up when we Where do Herod know is. historically that Herod died.
2: Right, 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 right. Okay, we very do know
1: historically some of these people. Mm. Um, now, what's interesting, then, is to come up with a day. It was not November 25. We're going to okay. talk – or December 25, I mean. Uh, we're going to talk about how that comes, uh, comes about. Um, but the uh, – uh, the scholars that have worked on this extensively uh, have come up with three dates. Okay. One of them is March the 28th. Okay. That's my brother's birthday. Don't tell him okay. this. Okay. All right? Um, wow. That scared me. Here's uh-huh. a, the other one is November the 18th. Okay. Approximately nine months later. Uh, now, the third one, this is this guy, Fitzmaier, who's done so much work in this field uh, uh, with the 3BC three, three and, and uh, identifying the mistake. Was the, the third possibility, September the 11th.
2: Wow, that's very interesting, eh? That
1: made my blood run cold.
2: Yeah, really? Yeah, that's crazy. It was
1: September the 11th in 3 BC.
2: Wow. So, you know, the 3 BC thing also fits in with the uh, persecution of the Essenians, right? That's right. Which they connect Jesus to the Essenians. That's
1: right. That they, right? they actually so, were tra- oh, trainers of his.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes,
1: yeah so, so he necessary. was born around the time of the you know when the uh, the uh, uh, the Essenes were a very yeah. dominant group yeah. in, the, in the Middle East.
2: Yeah. Point. and also the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? Yeah,
1: that's right. That's right. They're very much a part of that that whole culture.
2: Okay, very yeah. interesting.
1: Yeah, the, the Dead Sea Scrolls definitely tie into to the Essenes. Yeah. The Essenes are very mystical, very uh, as a sect they were very uh, cleanliness oriented. Uh, purification, purification of like before you ate mm-hmm. food, your hands, uh, your feet, all those kinds of things. Uh, mm-hmm. They are quite rigid around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they believe that Mary was also a member of the Essenes also. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, that's yeah. why I remember hearing that.
1: Yeah. So, um, So here we are now, you know, Jesus has been born. Uh, and, uh, there are people that begin to, to follow him and follow his teachings, of course, as the Christians began to spread through the first couple of centuries, uh, and Christianity went out. Now, don't forget, they also didn't start writing about him until almost 60 years after his death. Right. So there's a lot of the oral tradition is involved. Nobody puts pen to paper. Uh, however, they are going out and about, and of course, the most famous being Paul, and uh, you know, spreading the word, as they, they call mm-hmm. it. If you weren't a Christian, you were a pagan. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, you, pagan comes from the Latin word. It just means from the fields. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think that's interesting because we, we think pagans are just awful you know, people. It just means that they worked in the fields. And, of course, the, the growth of early Christianity was an urban phenomenon.
2: Mm-hmm. It happened
1: in the cities. Right, right. And the pagans were actually more, or, more uh, rural and rustic.
2: Well, and the, who worked in the fields, right? A lot of them were the slaves or the... The ancestors of the slaves, right? So they would have been uneducated. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it was – uh, a lot
1: of some of the stuff that comes from early what we would call Christmas traditions which were not Christmas traditions at that point uh, actually comes from early paganism mm.
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is really interesting mm-hmm. and we still do it today mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to go through through uh, through some of some of those as we, we go along here um, so it, you know it would be a mistake for us to say that modern Christmas traditions are directly from pre-Christian paganism but it would be equally wrong to believe that Christmas is a modern phenomenon mm-hmm. and uh, that's uh, you know Bristol uh, university prof, uh, Ronald Hutton, who's an historian in this field. Uh, and he talks a lot about uh, some of the traditions that we take, but also some of the things that would get picked up along the way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Rome, interesting, because mm-hmm. Rome comes into play here. Yes. All right. Rome, Rome hated Christianity, and it was illegal right up until the uh, 300 uh, A.D., that uh, if you were a Christian, you were probably going to be thrown the Colosseum, the lions, the whole thing. We know about that. Yeah. Uh, however, it began to be tolerated in 300. It wasn't until 391 that it was actually made the state religion of Rome.
2: Wow, that's very interesting.
1: Yeah, 391. Huh. So. Um, that's a long time that Christianity was sort of off in the wilderness, but it was also attracting a lot of people. And it was attracting a lot of people because the early church was really, really good at this, and that is tying themselves into existing, existing uh, festivals and so on at the time.
2: So I think of Christianity as being fundamentally sort of the, uh, the religion of the struggling people, right? Yes. Of the poor But those would be the poorest of the poor would be people living outside the walls of Rome.
1: Yes, but it wasn't until the emperor of Rome to protect his wife from being arrested for illegally being a Christian that he made it the state religion.
2: (gasps) This sounds like an epic thing. It's
1: fabulous. They made a movie out of it even. And on that note, we're going to come right back and keep talking about ancient Rome and the birth of Christmas. We'll be right back in two minutes.
2: We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment.
0: Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories, it is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Search Voice America at your favorite app store.
2: We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment.
0: You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Dr. Jan Hill. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering.
1: Hi, welcome back. Uh, This is Word. I'm here with Jan, and this is Things Worth Considering. And we're talking about the history of Christmas. Uh, It's that time of the year. And we're just talking about how Christianity sort of came up out of the Middle East and uh, in the Middle East and began to move up. Uh, and this is during the Roman Empire, don't forget. Uh, and we had just said that... Uh, uh, it wasn't until 391 that it was actually made the state religion of Rome. Uh, prior to that, it was Constantine. As a result, you have Constantinople in yeah. Turkey, the early home of the Vatican, till it moved over to Rome. And we, of course, we have the Great Split uh, between the Eastern Rite traditions and the Roman tradition. Uh so but the uh um movement around that point is is that we have Paul wandering in the wilderness and you know meeting up with people and writing letters to the Galatians and the Corinthians and all these other civilizations that are in the area. Um but it isn't until uh well into the three hundreds, okay. So we're talking about Jesus being born in three A D. Right. Okay. Not three hundred B C but three sorry, three B C and okay. then we're now we're up to three BCE, okay. In other words, the are uh, uh, sorry,
0: three. to
1: CE Common Era, all right. Uh, I, I'm still an old AD guy. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> BCE AD. I'm trying to be very politically correct. Uh, so it's three BC and moving forward to three hundreds AD. Got it. All right. So we're, we're over 300 years. 391 period.
2: AD. 391.
1: It's, it's it, almost 400 years, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's almost 400 years. Um, so now Rome. Rome had a festival called Saturnalia. It was held every year from the 17th to the 25th of December. And it was absolutely a, a period of... Drunk and disorderly conduct, all the courts were closed, people were not arrested, they were, there were no charges ever laid for property damage, uh, a lot of sexual impropriety, uh, assault, and there were never any charges laid wow. for this one week. Uh, Sounds like
2: homecoming week at university. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, I it thought does.
1: that too, homecoming from my house. Yeah, uh, but it reminds uh, me <laughs> of sort of
2: like, uh, what's the name of that? Bacchus?
1: Bacchus. Yes, yes, right? yes. It's, it's very much going to tie into this. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, it's very much going to tie into this. And it's a, as I said, it's a very specific period of time from the 17th of December until the 25th of December. Now, um, the early church was very, very clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they... They realized that if they could align themselves, of course, they were fascinated by this period of time, that if they could align themselves with this group of people that celebrated uh, Saturnalia, that, in fact, they would be able to get a lot of converts. Mm -hmm. And so they did. So the original
2: spin doctors –
1: they are brilliant, right? Absolutely brilliant. They recognized long before we did in psych that you know repetition creates habit, it creates comfort, right. it creates, and so you had the the, the mass that was just you know uh, you know everybody could go anywhere in any language and know exactly what was going to happen yeah. next.
2: Tweak the familiar,
1: absolutely. Yeah, got they, it. They were brilliant at it. So what they did was they created that same thing. So this week of licentiousness, for lack of a better word, uh, would take place in these communities now. In the communities, though, it was a little bit weird. In fact, it was incredibly weird. Um, And people don't even know this. There's a very dark side to all this. Mm -hmm. They would identify someone who was mm, maybe not fully with it in the community, might be viewed to be an enemy of the, the community. And so during this week, they would wine them, dine them, sexual pleasure, physical pleasure, as much as they wanted. And on December 25th, they killed them.
2: Oh, God. I they didn't were know
1: sacrificed. This.
2: Wow, 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 wow. They
1: were sacrificed to, to to release the darkness from their community. Okay. So that's where the tie-in to December 25 comes, and it ties in directly with, you know, the, the equinox uh, at that point, the winter equinox. Within a couple of days.
2: Right. The darkest
1: day of the year, we're bringing the light into the world.
2: Right.
1: Uh, there's oh, a lot of incredible metaphor, very mystical metaphor, mm-hmm. but there's also in a horrible period that people were actually murdered. And not just one person, I'm talking about in every community. This was. This took place.
2: So was it, uh, as it has been in some cultures, a sort of an honor to be sacrificed? Or? It was not
1: an honor to be sacrificed. So they would
2: be like, I don't want your lasagna. You're going to kill me.
1: That's right. It was. In, okay. They were innocent victims.
2: Yeah, wow. Yeah,
1: they were innocent victims. I'm not sure how they every year fell for it, but somebody fell for it every year. Uh, I guess <laughs> if you got them drunk enough, it'd be like, it's your turn. Um, but, uh, I mean, I'm laughing, but it's really, really Terrible. quite horrible. And... The the church was, like, pretty, like, horrified, mm. but yet at the same time, they knew they needed to tie into this. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. And so,
1: that is how December 25 comes around as being Jesus' birthday.
2: That is totally fascinating. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. Yeah. So, then at the same time, would they have criminalized or outlawed or forbid or whatever, desanctioned? Eventually, that, they, that, they would desanction
1: all of this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they needed to get into power first. First, yeah. Okay. So... Also, here's this is something we do right out of Saturnalia, other than drinking too much and eating too much uh-huh. uh, at Christmas time. Is they used to go around caroling, hmm. singing door to door, naked.
2: Oh, I'm glad they're in from a tropical place. I hope the mosquitoes aren't. <laughs> that is bad. not
1: going to happen in uh, the north here. Stay uh, away from the Nile. We certainly Those won't mosquitoes. be uh, doing it naked. But that's where the idea of going caroling from door to door comes from. Huh. Isn't
2: that fascinating. Yeah, it totally is.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, now, giving was not a part of the of this. Uh huh. Not at all. Uh, giving happened in, at New Year. It was sort of like the end of the year, the beginning of the new year, mm. uh, and and so it was like a, a a nice way to start start the year with receiving these presents Mm -hmm. uh you would receive it maybe from your boss uh whoever the (laughs) owner of the fields were that you worked in that kind of thing and then from each other so there there really wasn't anything uh this was about a harvest festival this was about the end of the year festival way more than thanksgiving this was like it's done it's finished it's starting to snow it does get cold in rome uh not like maybe Mm -hmm. new york or toronto but it certainly gets cold uh and um you know the being the darkest time of the year because they see they're in the northern hemisphere and this is where all of this is taking place so that's when you have the the darkness you know happening much earlier and the shortest day of the year occurs then
2: that's very interesting yeah yeah you've got me thinking about when for example their growing seasons would be but then i think they're the same as ours. Yeah, they're the same, right. They
1: might be a little longer, yeah. you know, an earlier start and a longer, you know, beginning. But by, by saying that it, it's wrapped up, it doesn't mean that they brought all the food in. It also mm-hmm. means that the fields have been prepped
0: mm-hmm.
1: and all that kind of stuff in order for it to lie fallow for the winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I just love this, uh, you know, this idea that underneath all of this, there's this huge metaphor of the light coming into mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. How they celebrated that, I find horrible that they would kill people. Mm-hmm. Like a whole lot of people that year, uh, you mm-hmm. know, every year. Um, but there's still the, that metaphor of the light, you know, comes into the world and it comes through to slice through the darkest day of the year.
2: Right. And the light is really important, right? Because it's the, the sleepy time, the follow time, the the resting time when you dream yourself into existence kind of thing, right? The dreams of the night is That's when cool. they, they are the seeds of what comes when the light comes. Yes. Right? So yeah. it's like, yeah. So it's and so like, a better
1: way than to get really, really drunk. And then just be hung over for like at least a month. (laughs) (laughs) I think they were probably a little bit heavier drinkers than I am. um, Which is like nothing. No no tolerance whatsoever. (laughs) Um, Cheap drunk. (laughs) I'm available though for a drink. Um, So, uh, other pagan traditions that survive for us is the Christmas tree.
2: Oh, yeah, tell me about that. Well,
1: it's a 17th century invention. Again, Hutton from the University of Bristol talks about it because that was a a, uh, pagan practice uh, that derived from bringing greenery indoors Mm. to decorate throughout the winter.
2: So would that be maybe related to sort of the whole mistletoe thing too, bringing greenery in?
1: Well, the mistletoe has another uh, one. See, mistletoe is quite poisonous. Okay, and it was actually used as as a a, a, a way of 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 killing people. Okay, so, Gord,
2: you but, never cease to amaze me. All the things that you know, like who would know this? Only Gord. So, no, okay.
1: well, I went to school that one day. Okay. Uh, it was a very busy day. Um, the mistletoe—I don't have 100% of all the facts in front of me that I can just look at it right now. But I do know that the mistletoe came about uh, because it is very poisonous.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, it's like what they say, you know, with like the poinsettia, you know, for cats. Uh, yeah. uh, to keep your cats uh, yeah. away from trying to eat it. Uh, poinsettia is is not a, a northern plant. It's a tropical plant. It doesn't grow red at Christmas time.
2: Yeah.
1: It is forced. Okay, up here.
2: so I just have an image of a beautiful woman standing under the mistletoe, you know, <laughs> luring somebody, an enemy of the state, over for a kiss. And then once the guy has, presumably the guy has, like, surrendered to the kiss. Well, you right? mean Then you just, I know, but then you just cram the mistletoe <laughs> down the guy's throat, and then boom, dead.
1: I believe that it was actually uh, two uh, sort of, of the assassin. down or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, like it's it's a it's a, uh, an extraction. So it's that, not it nearly
2: me. as exciting as I'm. <laughs> okay.
1: But you know what? We can work with that. The Christmas they say, assassin. This. Exactly, and then grab his, you know, make him drink it. Or exactly.
2: Something like Are that. those pine needles between his teeth? <laughs> no, goddammit, it, it's mistletoe. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: the the other thing is uh, Santa Claus.
2: Yeah, tell me about Santa.
1: Well, it, it it derives out of England's Father Christmas. Okay. Okay, Uh, which they still refer to him as. Uh, But he wasn't even a gift giver in the beginning which is interesting. This is going to be a culmination of stories that come together, uh, okay. which is really quite fascinating. And this is this is really how we wind up in our modern Christmas, is this this whole uh, uh, travel through here. Uh, so it's, um, you know, Father Christmas, there's other European variations on this, like Kris Kringle and so on. But it really comes from the, uh, uh, these are modern incarnations of old pagan ideas that spirits traveled in the sky uh, throughout the winter. Okay. Especially at midwinter, which is what December 25 is and uh, you know all kinds of different things happened but gift giving wasn't necessarily one of them
2: so what was santa claus's purpose
1: well santa claus is really traveling. that's a dutch word okay that's a that's an incarnation of something even earlier
2: okay but while okay. he's flying through the sky what is he supposed to do oh but be how doing? did he
1: start flying through the sky we're not there yet okay with i'm not going to jump that far rid really. off. Rudolph, okay, well, we got to get there first. I'm just trying uh, to figure
2: out why he's, what's the purpose of the spirit of Christmas?
1: Well, um, the spirit of Christmas was an old pagan idea. The spirits, actually, you know, like the, yeah. the uh, All Saints Day and yeah. spirits and so on, uh, that they come, you know, the veil's really close on yeah. October 31, Halloween, and so on. The same is true of December 25. Right. Okay. Because it, it's it's them, you know, they're <laughs> in the sky they're, because they're trying to bring light and protect us, and so on.
2: Oh, so that is what they're doing in the sky.
1: Technically, that's what they're oh, doing. Okay,
2: yeah. But well, so there could be an eye on you. That's but. the the what question I'm after. Is what the heck are they doing in the sky? Uh, th-
1: Protecting us. They're trying, to, they're us. trying okay. to see what you're doing.
2: Okay, seeing if I'm naughty or nice. Uh
1: huh. We heard. Uh huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> That's the way. Uh, (laughs) There is a fixation on partying in the midwinter, and that just goes back as old as old as Northern Agricultural Society is. Tailgating. (laughs) Tailgating, really. They tailgated on the back of their donkeys. Yeah. Uh, This goes back. As long as it's in the Northern Hemisphere, Mm -hmm. uh, then it goes way, way back. Uh, Harvest is done for the year. There's nothing left to be done in the fields. And uh, this is the time when you devote yourself to religious life. Okay. You know, at the time of the year. And uh, as a result, uh, you know, we have a lot of people that don't do that. Instead, they decorate, create feasts, and get really drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Steven Neisenbaum, he was the author. He's a Pul- Pulitzer Prize finalist for The Battle for Christmas. Uh, mm-hmm. And he agreed that even now, the solstice means not all that much because you can get rid of the darkness with the flick of a, an right. electric light switch. Yep. But it's a very powerful season. Right, right, right. You know, so if we, didn't, if we did not have electricity, it would be even sure. more powerful. It would be more mystical.
2: Well, right. And, you know, they talk about often how social scientists talk about the way in which just the electrical light switch, the capacity to create light, has changed the way that people socialize. It's changed the meaning of many things, right? It's changed culture radically. Absolutely. And it's sort of reordered the way that we, uh, we sleep, Yep. And things like that, all geared around you know the eight hour work day and all that kind of stuff Absolutely. within capitalism, right because it,
1: everything's artificial
2: yeah, everything 's artificial
1: yeah it's artificial in, in our you know as much as we love electricity uh, that allows us to bring these messages to people and yeah. talk to people uh, if it wasn 't for electricity, however it really has that 's really what determines our life yeah. um, after of course capitalism. Uh, and work. Well, so does communism, actually, too. Um, so the spread of Christianity, Midwest, midwinter festivals um, really didn't become the Christmas that we know for hundreds of years. Uh, the Bible, there was no reference of when Jesus was born, so that wasn't a problem for the early Christians. But it never occurred to them that they needed to celebrate his birthday. Hmm. Um, because, uh, as I said, there's no mention in the Gospels at all of a date. And it wasn't until the fourth century that the church leaders in Rome embraced the holiday. Um, At this time, Neisenbaum said that many people had turned to a belief uh, the church found heretical, and that was that Jesus had never existed as a man, but as a sort of spiritual entity.
2: Oh, so they had to create a birthday. They had to create
1: a birthday to make him a human being with a body.
2: Right, right, right. Exactly.
1: Otherwise, he's nothing more than a hologram.
2: Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is really quite fascinating. It's like, okay, we need to make this guy real with a real birthday, real body. Uh, which of course would take place. Yeah, and right? then the mm-hmm.
2: distinction between, say, God and Jesus That's is right. is collapsed, right? Because there's if it's a disembodied Jesus, then what makes him distinct and then what happens to the Trinity and all that kind of stuff. Oh, my
1: right. God, listen to I'm you. I'm getting it, man. Oh, no, I'm getting it. I'm I getting love what it.
2: you're saying. <laughs> it's all making sense. Um,
1: yeah. And so, uh, you know, the light of the world arrives in a body on the dark, darkest day of the year, at the winter solstice, when everyone was finished working and people were available in order to celebrate right. this birth.
2: And it brings with this centuries of moral regulation.
1: Absolutely. So that you can
2: stop that partying.
1: Well, I'm not sure about that part. But on that note, I don't think we'll party, but we're going to take a two-minute break here. So this is Things Worth Considering here on Voice America Talk Radio, and we will be back on the other side of these commercials. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment channel. Voiceamericaempowerment.com.
0: Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Yonge Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog?
2: Find out what makes the most successful people tick.
0: Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Dr. Jan Hill. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering.
1: Hi, this is Gord. I'm here with Jan, and welcome back to Things Worth Considering. And we are in the holiday season uh, and the holiday spirit, I hope. And we're talking about how did we ever come around at Christmas in the first place. It's really quite a fascinating journey. Uh, So the Catholic Church uh, and their brilliance embraced Christmas as it was in the uh, early days. And they began to put a bit of a lid on some of the things that happened with Saturnalia, but we at least keep the tradition of uh, going door-to-door caroling, but we put our clothes on because in the north we don't do that naked. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a possibility. Um, the uh, raucous, <laughs> rowdy, and sometimes body fashion, which Christmas has been celebrated, is, still survives, uh, now, in the 16th century, of course, we had the the uh, Reformation took place. And with uh, Martin Luther and the birth of the uh, Protestant church, breaking away from uh, the Catholic church, we have a whole set of different religions beginning to occur under what we would call Protestantism, one of them being the Puritans. Um, now, in England, Oliver Cromwell uh, uh, had uh, managed to kick out the Royalty for a little while mm-hmm. uh, when he took over uh, England, and he he banned Christmas.
2: Did he really?
1: He banned Christmas and he banned the uh, all the other saints' days. Well, that's uh, the
2: origin of the Grinch story. Then, of the which story of the Grinch story.
1: Yes, it's Oliver Cromwell. Well, we're not f- completely finished here. Okay. Now, don't forget a lot of Puritans also moved to America. Yeah, and um, in fact, they in uh, uh, fift- uh, sorry, sixteen fifty nine. They actually banned Christmas here too. Yes. <gasps> yes, they banned Christmas for 22 years, from uh, 1659 to 1681. Wow. Christmas was banned.
2: Wow. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah.
1: Because it was it was just too out of uh, uh, too paganist, and, as wow. far as they were concerned, and it was just a little too mm, body. <laughs> for lack of better words. Wow. that's body with a W, a A W yeah. body, uh, raucous, rowdy, all those f- fun words. Uh, and so yes, they had it banned. So the appearance there actually, the real war on Christmas. Uh, they posted also as you know, word of what happened during Saturnalia uh, was pretty pretty frightening. It right. makes you think, well, is this something I really want to be celebrating here? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people died then. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. so so it finally came back into uh, into uh, being after Oliver Cromwell and the Puritans in uh, 1681 uh, allowed it back into place again. Hmm. Uh, so that was 1681. So, give so well th- as I said, it's being tied into Christmas. Uh, and you know, do you know why it's now tied into Christmas? Because of capitalism and the some corporatization. And this queen. Oh, okay. This big old queen. Okay. <laughs> Not the downtown ones. I'm talking about Queen Victoria okay. herself. She and Albert, her her consort, mm-hmm. exchanged presents on that day. And oh. she had a very large family. She had nine children. Okay. And then they, the next year began, you know, uh, uh, giving like uh, a book of poetry by Alfred uh, Lord Tennyson. Um, and there there's a, a miniature portrait of uh, her as a seven-year-old in in 1859. So are,
2: so are you saying then that this is something that the aristocracy started doing? Yeah, aris- aristocracy
1: the started doing this. Exactly. Yeah. It's in the royal collection uh, and that began to influence us Again, so the whole Victorian thing continues to influence us, whether it's sexual morals or gift-giving. Right. She was a very powerful woman.
2: Yes, she was for a very (laughs) long time.
1: Very long time. And we have her great-great-great-great-granddaughter still as Queen of Canada and the UK and yeah. Commonwealth, uh, who I respect enormously uh, the rest of the kids not so much <laughs>
2: um, <laughs>
1: um, so all this gift giving along with the secular embrace of Christmas uh, was now something that religious groups have just been steaming over uh, because really the consumerism of Christmas and the shopping and so on really seemed to contradict the religious goal of celebrating Jesus' birth and of course the, the, the metaphor of the light coming into the world mm-hmm. you know it's uh, certainly what the Puritans uh, frowned on was the revelry and the drunkenness that right. continued to be very much associated with it. Um, you know, there was, there was a, a pulpit done by uh, Pew Research and uh, just sort of, you know, partisanship in the views of, of Christmas displays. Um, you know, Christmas displays on government property should be, and they asked Republicans, Democrats, and Independents. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Republicans, 90% said it should be allowed. Only 78% of Democrats said it should be allowed. Oh, interesting. And 84% of independents said it should be allowed. That's Christmas displays on government property.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: People who prefer to say Merry Christmas as opposed to non-religious greetings like, you know, happy greeting or or, or greetings of the season or something like that. Happy (laughs) December
2: break or something, right? I'm glad that hasn't been said to me
1: yet. (laughs) uh, so 60% um, of the people who were, who took part in this survey were, um, they led, they prefer Merry Christmas oh. and, and only 42% prefer happy holidays or season greetings. Um, uh, only 23% were, and, and also actually 17% it didn't matter. Uh, 45% said, uh, happy holidays. They didn't really care.
2: I would like to see that data broken down by religious affiliation. Yeah, it's, Personally, it's uh,
1: It probably is. I think it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I need more. Exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, Christmas concerns bothered by the commercialization of Christmas. 26% were a lot. 26% were some, 10%, not much, and 38%, not at all.
2: See, that too. I would like to see broken down by age. Exactly. And perhaps ethnocultural background.
1: Uh, absolutely. That's what I'm interested in. Uh, get them on the phone, okay?
2: Yeah, exactly. I, wanna, uh, uh, I don't need more. How
1: about, how about music starting in November for <gasps> Christmas music? You see, 87% here said it doesn't bother them at all. Really? 87% doesn't bother them at all. Uh, t- even uh, 6%, not much. Only 2% said it bothers them a lot. I'm in that 2%.
2: I guess it depends on, <laughs> are you choosing between Christmas stuff or like elevator music? Then, okay, I would choose the Christmas stuff probably too. But well,
1: it's going into the stores. It's just hearing the I same song. We've did. only got about a dozen of them.
2: <laughs> I know, it's true.
1: <laughs> it's played it's over true. and over and over again. Okay, so let's go to Saint, uh, Santa Claus. I mean, this is this is okay. big, right? Santa Claus. All right. This is the whole area of St. Nick, St. Nicholas. Yep. Okay. So he was a real person. Okay. He was uh, a, a senior bishop and, okay. and very much part of the Council of Nicaea in 325 of the Christian era or of the, the common era. And that was a very, very important uh, uh, definer for uh, mm-hmm. the Catholic Church and for, for Christianity, actually. So he, he was only named a saint, though, in the 19th century. In 1087... A group of sailors who idolized Nicholas moved his bones from Turkey to a sanctuary in Bari in Italy, just right across the sea there. Uh, And Nicholas supplanted a female uh, boon-giving deity called the grandmother, okay, Pasqua Epiphania. Forgive my Italian.
2: Like, so that Epiphania comes from Epiphany.
1: Epiphany, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So in Pasqua is Pasqua?
2: I don't know. Pascal? I
1: don't know Italian. Oh, oh, oh Pascal. Oh. Is it another word for Christmas?
2: Oh, all yeah. of this is coming together. The, oh Christmas epiphany.
1: Uh, it's epiphany. Well, anyways, uh, Nicholas supplanted huh. uh, this poor woman who was called the grandmother. Uh, remember, there's grandfather Christmas. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, this is grandmother and, uh, who used to fill the children's stocking with her gifts. And the gifts were given on December the 6th when Nicholas died.
2: Got it. Wow. Okay, on December the
1: 6th. That's when he died. So the Nicholas uh, cult began to spread north until it was adopted by German and Celtic pagans. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nicholas emerged, though, he merged, though, with Woden. Woden was the, the head god of the pagan and Celtic uh, religions uh, and so he began to he shed his Mediterranean appearance he grew a beard and he mounted a flying horse and he rescheduled his flights for December <laughs> and drawn heavy winter clothing yes so As they totally totally re- rearranged him and in a bid for the pagan adherents in Northern Europe the Catholic Church adopted the Nicholas cult and uh, taught them that uh, or they and they shouldn't distribute gifts until December 25th and not do it on December the 6th which was huh. when Nicholas died.
2: Do you know anything about the history of Woden?
1: Uh, uh, well, well, that's a, that's a whole uh, Celtic uh, Parthenon of, of – uh, he's the head god yeah. of, of the early, early Celtic religion.
2: So I'm wondering if there's some relationship there to the Vikings. That's interesting. Oh, sure there be. is. Okay, oh, yeah. sure
1: there is. Sure there is. Okay. So in 1809, the novelist uh, 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 Washington Irving, he's famous for the legend of Sleepy Hollow and mm-hmm. Rip Van Winkle. He wrote a satire of Dutch culture entitled Knickerbocker History. Satire refers several times to the white bearded flying horse riding Saint Nicholas using his <laughs> Dutch name Santa Claus.
2: Ah cool. Okay.
1: Now here we jump forward to even more as we're beginning to really round out how does this all come together. Mm-hmm. Dr. Clement Moore, he's a professor at the Union Seminary back in 1822, published perhaps the most famous poem ever about (gasps) Santa Claus. Ah. T'was the night before Christmas when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not not even even a mouse.
0: mouse.
1: The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in the hopes that St. Nicholas would soon be there. Yeah. Okay. So, Santa Claus is now... Has reindeers. Yeah. He has a sleigh. Yeah. He comes down chimneys.
2: Yeah. This
1: is all brand new. So this is. And it is comes all directly from this poem that this man wrote.
2: Okay. And this poem actually makes him even more northern.
1: Yes. Right? Because yes, yes, now absolutely. he's got
2: reindeer. Now he's got a sleigh. Yep. Right? Now yep. he's got a big coat. All and that he's stuff. coming
1: down chimneys, and which there's not a chimneys. lot of on the desert.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so out of this one yeah. man's poem, uh, um, uh, Dr. Moore. He he virtually invented for us what today is now we see as Santa Claus. I
2: wonder if that guy's getting royalties. There, uh, well, there was family. also the
1: Bavarian illustrator Thomas Nast, uh-huh. who completed the modern picture of Santa Claus from 1862 to 1886, um, uh, based on Moore's poem. Nast drew more than 2,200 cartoon images of Santa for Harper's yeah twenty two hundred for Harper's wow. the only thing that missing was his red suit. What do you think's going to happen now?
2: yeah yeah, yeah in comes
1: coca-cola
2: right
1: it's the real thing it Not. Is? yeah uh <laughs> if you want to spin out so okay. in nineteen thirty one coca-cola hired a uh uh he was a swedish uh, uh graphic artist, Yeah. and said, we want you to put him in a suit that matches the color of our red, and hence. Santa Claus now had a red suit. Wow. And it was Andrew's based Coca-Cola. on a friend of his who had who was a big guy with really rowdy you know, yeah. red cheeks and yeah. the whole thing. That's where his face came from.
2: Wow, that is totally cool. That's only since 1931. Totally cool, and that's why Santa's so fat. Because he drinks right. way too much coke
1: he drank way too <laughs> much coke and if you if you see it you'll you'll totally recognize the commercial yeah. of him with drinking a can of coke yeah, yeah. red his red he matches the can yeah fascinating it's fascinating Wow so um until Victorian times Father Christmas was concerned with adult feasting and merrymaking and there was no particularly there's no connection with children and that wasn't until the Victorian uh, uh, exchange that I talked about earlier mm-hmm. and of course the the you know they moved that then from being an adult thing to being child-centric. Right. So Christmas came, and that was one of the very first things you said was without children. Yeah. And it continues to this day yeah. you know, to be very much a child-centric. And what it does is it plays on our inner child. It plays on mm-hmm. our childhood memories, our early- Nostalgia. You know, Around absolutely. family, love.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And all the magical parts of us that mm-hmm. are hidden in that child within us. So today, you know, secularism and commercialism have taken over Christmas. I think it's more of a mass for, for rather than being Christmas, a mass for Christ, it's, it should be Santa Claus mass.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, it just sort of seems that way. Yeah. You know, uh, as we, we really lose the idea of light coming into the world, I think we've somewhere, however, we've kind of lost the point on all that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, but yet we look at, you know, uh, Hanukkah, We look at Diwali, Mm
0: -hmm. we look at
1: Christmas. Those are three huge, you know, Mm -hmm. worldwide religions. And it's all about light. You know, in in Hanukkah, it's about the the light in the temple that should have only lasted a day that lasted for eight. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, And uh, Diwali is the the light that overpowers evil Mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is is even more metaphoric in terms of taking our darkness away Mm -hmm. uh, in in Christianity. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's pretty fascinating uh, uh, stuff. And it all happens at around the same time. Diwali changes because they're on a different calendar. Uh, Well, then, you know, so is Hanukkah, actually. But Hanukkah is sort of tied up uh, with us. But Hanukkah more or less happens within the latter part of the year. Um, And it's always around the darkest hour. Day of the year, hmm. which, you know, technically is December 21st, the equinox. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of power in it. There's a lot of power because there is, you know, centuries of people who have held on to these beliefs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that alone carries enormous amount of power in something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if, you, if people keep believing something, then it takes a lot of power into it. For sure, for sure. Yeah. You know.
2: And culture's, culture is shaped around that, right? comes hegemony. Oh, yeah.
1: Absolutely. And if yeah. you don't fit into that, then mm. you're not going to do so well here.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and that probably too also has a lot to do with the reasons that people get depressed around christmas if their if their lifestyle and their life doesn't actually follow along some of these more nostalgic perspectives right
1: well exactly you know if 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 the the nostalgic perspective I have isn't there anymore if the family doesn't yeah. have the same you know uh uh, uh Warmth to it, or it doesn't have the same place for me to be in, uh, or I've, I'm divorced, uh, you know, all kinds of reasons. Uh, my parents have just passed away or whatever. Uh, those are those are tough times. Yeah, they because sure Because there's so much, uh, uh, um, so much of our, our nostalgia, as mm-hmm. you said, our imagination is still playing out in that magic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and people do, people do become quite down. Now, contrary to popular belief, a lot of people do not commit suicide around the holidays. Mm-hmm. People become depressed. Mm-hmm. But uh, spring, summer is actually the big time.
2: Well, that's something to look forward to.
1: It is, isn't it? Yeah. I just thought I would throw that in. Uh, <laughs> because you know, d- depression, depression is, is much, uh, much a part of it. Anxiety uh, is very much a part of it. Uh, we started the show off with talking about sort of the stressors that are there. Yep. Um, but, I think we can control the stressors if we understand and become more aware of what it is that's driving those things
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know is uh, you know do we in fact have the 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 veracity to take care of? You know, our our spending and all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and saying no. Yeah. Having boundaries.
2: And to recognize like anything else, right? We have a choice of how we want to actually spend our holiday time and who we want to spend it with and how we want to spend it, right?
1: And to remember one thing, that they're all about connections.
2: All about about connections. I love you, Gord.
1: I love you. Merry Christmas.
2: Thank
0: you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jan Hill and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.